0: So I am in a privileged position in that I get to be in a lot of forums. I was once on a board, uh, people ask me questions, I'm on this podcast, I got the video thing I do for the, for the day job, I got all these things I do, I'm in a privileged position where people ask me questions. Or at least people, I'm in, a, I'm in a space where people ask the questions. Right? Um, it's very rare that we ask these kinds of questions at work, we don't want to be seen as dumb or not knowing how to do our job even though. When you come down to it, most of us are figuring it out as we go along. If there was a book, if there was a manual, if there's a checklist, we'd have handed it to a robot and they'd be taking care of it at a far lower price. So all of our jobs are complicated, messy, hard, difficult, uh, You know, usually involving some level of confusion and or ambiguity and or perhaps even flat out, I don't know what to do here. But most people, like I said, don't want to ask those questions in front of their boss, right? You know, you don't want your boss to think, well, gosh, she's really nice, but maybe she's an idiot, you know? <laughs> you don't want to ask the questions. So I'm in a forum where people ask those kinds of questions. And I think one of the interesting unspoken questions, but still foundational to so many of the other questions, this is very, this is very simple idea. If I'm in charge of an employer brand, How do I make it look good? And I think that is the wrong question. I don't think you make it look good. I think your job is to make it good. Yeah, I said it. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time, for joining in we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better? And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, We really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. So uh, I'm in a weird situation right now where because of travel, uh, I'm recording three episodes in one weekend, so here you are. So most of September was recorded in the space of one 24-hour session. This one's coming out the 23rd. Today is September 8th, which is really unusual, but I'm going to Sweden for like a week and a half uh, for work, and so I don't trust that I'm going to have the capacity mentally to record a podcast Having just gotten back from Sweden and I imagine a 10 or 11 hour flight, either both ways, yada, yada. So um, here you are. Otherwise, uh, hireconf next month, uh, recruit con, I get a month month after that, something like that. I got to make sure my decks are done. I got to get all that stuff done. Uh, if you'd like headlines, if you'd like to kind of keep your edge and kind of stay sharp on all that employer brand thing, what's going on in the world of employer brand or what's some good smart thinking you can start to add into your processes you know, immediately, uh, sign up for my employer brand headline newsletter. It's once a week, no spam, no pitching, just good stuff, just making you smarter. You know that good stuff. So, and com- honestly, completely different than this thing. In fact, those these the, the podcast and the headlines newsletters don't seem to kind of connect yet. I haven't figured out how that's going to work. And as I intimated over the last two weeks, I should have very shortly news or at least details on the big news coming out end of October when we hit our third anniversary and there's some stuff happening Uh. Let's just bear it, just, let's just keep it this way. Chad and Cheese have something to do with this, okay? So you can set your uh, excitement levels accordingly, which for some of you, up, oh, for some of you, not as much. Anyway, yeah, here's the trick. And I speak as someone who once owned a global employer brand. So if you are the owner of an employer brand, I am speaking your language, I am putting myself in your shoes. And for those of you who know where I used to work, and I'm not gonna name it because I'm not going to say the nicest things about them at the moment, um, or at least I'm going to say the stuff that we all knew to be true, that j- we just didn't really talk about. Um, the employer brand was not great, and you might be in a situation where your employer brand was not great. My employer brand was rough in that it had been at a 3-1 glass door for seven years. Yes, that's right. Seven years. I did not misspeak. A 3-1. What's that? like? Low? That's a, a 30th percentile level of, of uh, glass door ratings for seven years in a city where everybody knew that company, and frankly, huge swaths of a generation had worked at that company and had now migrated over in sales and creative and other places and development, and all the product and what have you. Um, so everybody had a friend who worked there, or they had themselves work there. This was not a place where you could do a lot of spinning. There was not a lot of good news coming around. The IPO that kicked out at twenty something is now sitting at three or four or five at best. Yeah. No, there's not a lot of good news. So how do you decide to spin that? How do you make that pretty? How do you slap a coat of whitewash paint on it and say, cool, good to go. You got yourself an oinker? Here's some lipstick, ready to rock. Yeah, you don't do that. You just can't do that. I mean, you can try. I mean, you can only go so far, though, if you try. And I get that you're trying because if you're in the position and most of you are, where this is your first time owning an employer brand, as it technically was for me, if you don't have a lot of, I don't know, experience or background or kind of like the materials on hand to push and drive things forward, you kind of went, all right, what are people yelling at me for? Let's go fix that. Oh, they're yelling at me for Glassdoor. Let's go fix that. They're yelling at me for job descriptions. Let's go fix that. They're yelling at me because our events suck. Let's go fix that. You were very reactive. And I think that's really common. And I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. There's a lot of reasons. One, companies are still relatively new at this whole employer brand thing. They don't really know. (laughs) Here, my story of working at this big company, I'm, I'm still not gonna name, was that they spent two years trying to fill this job. I sit down next to people hey, Holland, who say, oh, yeah, I applied for that job. I right? interviewed for that job. And I said, when? And they would say, like, three years ago. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. This job had been open for so long. And the reason when it was open for so long is because the people hiring for it did not quite know what they wanted. They knew they wanted something, but what they really wanted was to be told what to want more than anything else, I think, uh, which is why I got the job, I think, ultimately, that I just pretty much took the job by the lapels and said, no, this is mine. And I'm going to tell you how this job is going to be. I was a jerk about it. Don't worry. You don't have to be a jerk. And in fact, I'm not going to uh, suggest you be a jerk. There's nothing wrong with being a jerk at times. Sometimes it's useful. But again, that's this whole other podcast. But the company itself didn't know what I was going to do. They didn't know what they wanted from someone in this space. They just know they had a problem. This problem was kind of employer brandy shaped. And they figured someone who knows employer brand might figure this out. And they hoped for the best. And I hope I did a good job. I think I did a good job. I, I'm, you know, Fingers crossed. You know, it's, it's hard to evaluate your own work like that when there's no kind of clear objective outcomes to kind of point to. It's not like sales. You can say, there's the big pile of money I just made. I must have done a darn good job, right? That's, that's easy. That's not our world. Now, like you, the company didn't have a lot of experience with employer brand. I didn't have a lot of experience owning an employer brand. I had a lot of experience thinking about it but not actually doing it. Uh, hopefully you're in the same boat where you've thought about it and you've thought, oh, there's better ways to do this, but I don't know how to do it. I had a background in marketing, which was my adva- uh, advantage. That was my content marketing space. I could at least say, look, ultimately, if nothing else, I can at least apply some content marketing thinking, which I know how to do. I can make this happen. Whatever you have, whether it's ads or recruiters, you have some sort of background that you can apply to this. Employer brand is one of those things where because of the 16 core competencies, because of the, the, the manifesto so big and messy and complicated, what you bring to the table is the right answer because it's what you have and what you're best at. So you go do it. I think we just talked about that in the last podcast. You'd think I know. I give it and record it just a couple hours ago. But that's a tough gig and honestly there's only so much you can do in that position when the company doesn't know what you want what it wants when you don't know what to deliver for it when you don't know how to do your own job you're gonna be in a position where you're gonna be fairly defensive you're gonna be very soft you're gonna be very slow you're gonna be very tentative about moving things forward you're like well if I can't if I don't have that feeling of expertise that I know what to do, don't you worry, I got it all taken care of, you're going to be very tentative and you're taking those steps. And you're going to be like, okay, will everybody scream, be screaming at me about Glassdoor? I guess I'll fix the glass door just because if nothing else, people think it needs to get done. Do I think it needs to get done? That's not the question. <laughs> I'm trying to make some clients happy. How do you do that? You figure out what their problem is and you fix it right? That's not too crazy. That sounds a lot like a lot of you, right? It's not denigrating in any way, shape, or form. This is simply how we learn about this stuff. Now, in the employer brand maturity model, of which I'm hoping to release uh, in conjunction with Richard Mosley in the somewhat near future, and again, since I'm recording this podcast two weeks ago, could be today, who knows, Um, maybe not but there is a what happens is is that companies go from not having any employer brand not knowing how to think about employer brand not having any use for employer brand they're in that very old style 20th century model of hiring and they move through stages right they go from okay having no employer branding to realizing we need something and there's a recruiter here who thinks they can dedicate 20 percent of their time to doing this thing or at least on on their off hours kind of making i don't know maybe some glass door reviews or some job postings or making a website a little better or something like just, just, just give us something And it turns out to something useful and they go, oh, that seems to work. What would happen if we actually funded that idea out of our recruitment marketing budget? And then you go, that's the second, the third stage of the the maturity model. And then you say, okay, well, this is really working. Let's solidify and codify this position and give it budget that's dedicated so it's not ad hoc. And let's come up with some KPIs maybe or, you know, call me crazy. Um, Let's make it real. And then once you make it real, the level after that is really being beyond strategic, but really driving things forward. Those are the stages. And I think every company is in the process of going through those very simple stages. The, what we've written is much more complicated, um, but you get the sense, you know, you understand. And you can probably kind of put yourself, you probably heard one of those and went, oh, that sounds like where we live. And I could tell you where I lived and I could tell you um, whether that was good or not. You, and I can tell you the pros and cons in each. But ultimately, the idea is if you're early on, there's only so much you can do. You're there to kind of prove your existence. And I can't ask you to kind of go charge it in and change everything when your whole concern is to prove your justify your existence. That's an impossible ask, right? I can't, I won't ask the other. But if you've moved a little farther beyond the justifying your existence position, and if you do your things right, and you play your cards right, that's gonna happen. I got faith in you. You're going to make this happen. You're going to find a way to justify your position that you're not having to justify that position every single day, right? It's not your core, you know, everybody goes, okay, yeah, yeah, this is useful. We should have something like this, and I'm glad this person has taken this role. Yay! That doesn't mean you've got carte blanche and the corporate credit card to do whatever you want. It means, okay, we're going to stop asking questions of why the hell are you in this room. The questions are going to be, how can you add value? So what happens is in your frame of mind, what may happen. And sorry, I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm telling you what you're thinking and that's rude, but here we are. Ta-da! I have a podcast, can you tell? Um, the instinct is to take what worked before and just do it more. So if you were simply running around, reacting to what your clients wanted, reacting to who was yelling at you and just doing that more with a little bit more budget, maybe a little bit more strategy, that's natural. It's just not Useful. And the cops are coming, clearly. They're t- coming to take me away. Haha. <laughs> anyway. Um no one got that joke. Just old people got that joke. And given that yesterday was my birthday, I got that joke, because now I'm certainly old. Anyway. You're gonna want to do just the same as you did, just do it more, and that's not the right answer. Ultimately. If there's an employer brand maturity model, there's also a corollary employer brand professional maturity model. And I'm going to start by sketching it out as two steps. Reflecting the employer brand or changing the employer brand. That's the steps. So you're going to start by simply reflecting the employer brand. Remember, you're still in that kind of either I am justifying my existence or I just finished justifying my existence. All I'm trying to do is taking what is and reflecting it. I'm slapping the best coat of paint on it and trying to make it spin it to its best possible. But I know that it can only spin it so far. Everybody knows what the gaps are. In my case, everybody knew what the stock price was. Everybody knew the the political situation internally or sort of thought they did anyway. Uh, Everybody knows that it had been through its ups and downs and no one could quite tell? Are we in a down or is this an up? (laughs) This is not the best place to be, but is this the bottom of a trough or is this the peak of something potentially horrible? We don't know. No one knows. No one can see the future, right? So you can spin as much as you can. You can be as aspirational as much as you can be. And my rule of thumb is always 10% aspirational and no more. Anything beyond that is pure fiction, right? Okay. But there has to be a point in which you actually take control, that you have enough confidence, you have enough experience, you have enough sense of network and connections and people behind you and allies and support where you can say, okay, I have been polishing this particular turd for a while now. And that may be weeks. That could be months. It could be years. And frankly, I get that. Um, cause it's not all up to you. Sometimes it's up to your leadership and up to uh, your boss and up to all sorts of other things, but you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. But you've been polishing that particular turd for a while now. Maybe it's time to change it. Maybe it's time to not just say, "How do I reflect what is and reveal what is?" And frankly, I'm a firm believer in your in your uh, in your job is to uh, uh, uncover and discover what already exists to reveal what is. But like we talked about in the bonsai episode, at some point you need to move forward and say, "Okay, this is what is." But now I have a vision of what could be. I have a vision of what this employer brand could be. And when I say employer brand, I don't mean the logo. I don't mean the tagline. I mean what is. If you want to make your company a place where women feel incredibly empowered and supported, that means you got to go into a room and start making a case for things like more maternity or parental leave you've got to make the case for uh um you know celebrating parental leave celebrating family being flexible in in a family situation these are quote unquote technically women's issues which i roll my eyes out because if i was working and i have and i was working when i had my lovely monster child um you know, hey, more parental leave for my, for my wife would have been amazing. That would have made my life infinitely better. So you can't tell me that's a woman's issue. It's a person issue. It's a family issue. If you're going to have a kid, that is an issue you should be concerned about. The trick is we pretend that as a dude, I don't have to worry about that. And that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a dude and you don't actually have to worry about that, what's it like in the 50s? Tell me. What's the, what's, what are new episodes of Leave it to Cleaver like? Leave it to Beaver, rather. What's that like? No, that's not how this world works anymore. Anyway, you need to see a vision of your employer brand in which you are making the vision happen. You are manifesting, yes, I'm stealing the term. You are manifesting a concept, a vision of the future that you conceive. You have to see it in your mind and then you're going to figure out how to make it happen. That means how do you get business leaders to think about their business differently? How do you get managers to think about their hiring process differently, to think about interview questions differently, to think about who they're evaluating and what they're evaluating them for differently? That means you have to have your finger on the pulse of what's the market look like, the the talent market. What is the new technology coming down the pipe that is going to change the labor market, right? What's the the new stat? say that um, based on current understanding of AI and based on what the trends are, that in the next 10 years, 120 million people will literally need to be retrained because AI will radically shift their jobs such that doing them today is like uh, running a horse and buggy shop. You have to kind of have a sense of that because that's your opportunity. If the world's gonna change, if the talent market's gonna change, if the business market's changing, this is your chance to say, look, if it's gonna take us three to five years to, to move the ship such that it's embracing AI and it means we have to rethink about how we're hiring talent and what talent wants, guess what? That gives you a three to five year runway to change the ship. Because I'm gonna tell you and no one else is gonna tell you, that is your job yeah i get that you're in a stage where you can't push and you can't change and you're justifying your job i get that that's today but you're going to focus on justifying your job perfectly so that not long from now they stop justifying it and not long after that they look to you for some sort of sense of strategy and not long after that they look to you for some sense of leadership because that's the job you really want because once you can establish yourself as a kind of leader you get to choose where to lead things people processes teams uh concepts brands whatever it is once you have that sense of leadership you get to lead and if you have that sense of leadership and you've decided you're just going to polish that turd and that's what you think leadership is you're doing your job Wrong. wrong and i don't mind saying that i love you i want you to do better And I think you can do better. And if you think that's what a good job is, you're wrong. You absolutely can and should think about how to position yourself as a leader and then decide as that leader, what are you obligated to do? You're obligated to make things better. Not feel better, not look better, not seem better, but to make them better. Once you get past reflecting that which is, your job is to change it into that which will be he says, sounding a bit like Confucius, roll the notes with some nougat-y center. Hmm, sounds delicious. Sorry, I'm coming off sugar. I, yesterday, I told you my yesterday was my birthday. I am I was hopped up on sugar because it's birthday and you get to hop, get yourself hopped up on sugar. Today I'm coming down. So my, blood, my body's all confused. So roll the notes with nougat. Sounds delicious. Anyway, that's what I want you to do. That is my moment for me being a loving pop in the back of the head saying, "Come on, dude, come on, girl, be better than that. Lead, move things forward. Don't just reflect that which is fine and position yourself to be in a space where you can change it so you can lead it to make it better. If you want, we wanted you to just manage and just polish that turd. I'm sure we could give it to anybody. It's easy to polish that turd, it's easy to do that. Deciding to step up, deciding that it can be better, deciding in what manner it can be better, deciding to loop in allies who will not be 100% aligned to you and what you think the new vision should be, but creating allyships and letting them influence that vision of the future. That takes skill, and that is the skill you should be cultivating. That is the skill that you should be embracing because that's what the job really is. All right, thanks so much for listening. As always, if you have thoughts, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, uh, since we're coming up on the third year anniversary, if there's anything you'd like me to redo, if there's any topic or question I kind of sort of covered or not to your full delight i guess i don't know um or just say hey it's been two years since you talked about it can you come at it from you know how do you feel now has it changed is it the same rethink this whole. maybe you got a whole new metaphor for that thing who knows maybe i do um speak up i'm on twitter at the war for talent i'm on linkedin at the war for talent apparently i've changed my title now so it more reflects that sort of thing um thing, thing things things websites online I am easy to find online even when I'm in Sweden if you can believe it I mean I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming (laughs) anyway thanks for listening thanks for sharing thanks for reviewing us I really appreciate it talk to you soon bye well the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the talent cast